1: Good morning, Good morning, children of God. How's everyone doing? Good, great to hear that. Sorry, the lights kind of blind me out, but it is good to see each and every one of you this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I know I always say that this uh every Sunday, but you know what? It is the day that the Lord has made, and that is why we declare it and 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 it continues saying. We choose to be glad in it. It is a choice. So uh, this morning, I want to encourage you. Um, the Word of God also says, you know, I was glad to, um, uh, uh, to the, with the ones that said, let's go to the house of the Lord. And you know what? It is a joy to know that even though we come from different backgrounds, um, maybe different cultures, um, we can still worship our God together, Right. Because in the kingdom of God, it's not about our culture. Yeah, we have we bring our culture in because we have different music, as you see. But you know what? It's about the culture of our Lord and, and, and King, right? So that's what we're going to do this morning. So I I, I, I want to l- let you know that we are here to worship our Lord and King. So why don't you stand up and do it together with us? Let me untie myself from here because, sorry, <laughs> Ooh, okay, well, let's do this. Thank you, Father, because we know that the day that you are coming, it is approaching, it is coming soon, and Father, the church is here, Father, we want to exalt your name, Father, thank you, Jesus. Coming on the clouds, kings and kingdoms will bow down,
2: and every chain will break, and hearts become declare his praise. For who can stop the Lord of?
1: exalt your name, Father. Thank you, Jesus. And this morning we say we declare this word here. So open up the gates. So open up the
2: gates Make way before the King of Kings. The God who calls and saves is here to set the captives free. For who can stop the Lord
1: And every knee will bow before Him. And every eye will see Him. And recognize that He is Lord of lords and Kings of kings. Hallelujah. Say this with me. Who can stop the Lord? Who can stop the
2: Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Lord
3: Seat. I'll share just a little bit with you about what's going on at Calvary. Uh, The youth and I, we just got back from the beach yesterday. That's why I look a little bit darker. If I just think about the sun, I get darker. uh, It was so hot out there, you know, and I I think I've reached the age where I don't mind just setting up the fun and just watching the students just go have a blast. I'm going to sit right here. You guys go, y'all go have a good time out there. And uh, but five minutes later, they were back underneath the canopy with me. It was just so hot. felt like the sun was right here. I was like, Hello, I am the sun. What is your name? So we do outings like that, As even though it was hot and the the, the ocean water felt like bath water, uh, even though it was just a little bit different of an experience, doing life together, that's what it means to be a, a faith family. And so we got to suffer together. It was, a, it was a good time, and so I would encourage you, whenever opportunities present themselves to do something outside these church walls, do it. Even if you don't know anybody there, we had one student, had no, had no connections with anyone. At the end of the day, he had, I don't know, five friends, they, they, they couldn't stop talking to each other about anime, I don't know, uh, and so they were having a great, great conversation on the way back. I'm telling you, just do life with your brothers and sisters sitting in this room, and God's going to bless you for it, okay? Uh, we do have uh, a uh, special thank you for those who have been faithful to to turn in some peanut butter and jelly for HAM. Uh, HAM is for, stands for Humble Area Assistance Ministry, so H-A-A-M. Um, this is our blessing that we get to offer to community. It's an indirect blessing because these guys, they take these gifts and they utilize them to attract families that are in need because they're going to give it to them. But they also have a chance to minister to them, and so thank you so much for partnering with us as we have partnered with them. Uh, we are uh, speaking of being a blessing to others. You guys have picked up some backpacks uh, to fill it up with all kinds of school supplies. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, these are due back this coming Sunday. Many families were really blessed last year when we got to do this for them. So I would really encourage you to uh, to uh, to thank those who are bringing these back in. If you do, if you did. Uh, get get one, just know that we are just so grateful that you partnered with us on this. Um, if we have any left, um, please take one home today and then bring it back with you this coming Sunday so that we can give it, as many families as we can, get uh, get them blessed with this kind of stuff. My, my Back when I was eight, nine years old uh, at Castle Hills First Baptist Church, they did something very similar and my sister and I were really, really blessed to receive a backpack. I got a Teenage Ninja Turtle one and she had a a, a pink unicorn one that she didn't like, but well, she got to use. Uh, but it was a huge, huge blessing uh, that we got, we got to have that, those kind of tools and uh, have the cool crayons when we showed up to school. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, we do pray. We are a church that prays. Uh, later on this service, we are going to pray. Uh, some of them are specific. Some of them we do uh, a, a kind of a broad brush over the things that we know that we're trying to pray for. If if you would like for us to pray for you, we would like to come alongside of you. There's something fascinating about how God has wired his kingdom to work in that his will is unleashed when we obey him in prayer. And so we would love to come alongside of you in that. There's some prayer cards in front of you on the slots, uh, the little black slots in in the seats in front of you. Uh, Just take that and fill it out. And uh, if you only want the pastor to pray for you, we do indeed pray for you. So just fold that in half, put that in the offering plates, um, or in the uh, the offering box in the back, and we'll make sure that only the pastors get that. And thank you so much for let, allowing us to uh, minister to you in that way. Uh, on Tuesdays at 6.30, we will pray together as a faith family. If you haven't been here on a Tuesday night for prayer, I would encourage you to come and join us. Join us and pray as we, as we lift up uh, each other to the Lord. Uh, this coming Sunday, we're starting a brand new series. I think it's going to be really encouraging to you, Ten Commandments, Set Free to Live Free. I think we all uh, know the commandments, or at least familiar with them. It's surprising that uh, p- uh, we, we, with youth uh, the, who do not drink alcohol can name ten beers before they named all ten commandments. Very fascinating. You know, I wonder how many of us could knit, list off all ten commandments. Uh, I, I wonder if all of us have a true understanding as to what God was communicating to his people when he gave them these ten words. And so I'm going to encourage you to utilize this as not only for us to develop and, and, and grow in our understanding of why God gave the Ten Commandments to begin with, but also this will be a great time for you to invite people to come here. This is going to be something that's somewhat familiar, but I guarantee you there's going to be some aha moments through this series. So invite those you think have been, uh, you've been connecting with. Uh, this would be a perfect opportunity to say, hey, our church is doing something really special these next few weeks, you should come this coming Sunday with me. They're starting a brand new series I think you might be really interested in. And so just uh, let God do what he does when we are obedient to be a light in our communities. Invite them to come here. I'll be, uh, I have the privilege of getting to start us off with, those, with a brief intro on the Ten Commandments. And this will, um, this will be coming this coming, starting this coming Sunday. And I'm very excited about that. So uh, please join us for that. Uh, If you have brought your offering, uh, you can put that in the envelope, just fill that in, put it in the offering baskets up here or uh, as you're exiting or in the offering box in the lobby. You can also give online. If you text uh, or you go to ccf.community forward slash give, follow the prompts there or just text to 84321, just text a dollar amount and it'll, it'll reply back to you with a link and you click on that link one time, follow the prompts one time, and every, every time after that, all you have to do is send in a dollar amount, and it'll do all the work for you. It's a very, very convenient way for us to be obedient to the Lord in following through as an act of worship, giving back to him. It is a true act of worship. Why? Because you are having to trust him. God, I am trusting you with everything that I am, and this is an avenue that we could do we could demonstrate that. Uh, At this time, I just want to say thank you so much for visitors. If you are here, we are so grateful that you are here. Uh, Faith family, I would love for us to turn around, say hello, look for a face you don't recognize, and say hi. I'm so glad you're here in the name of Christ.
1: much. We lift our hands Father before you thanking Father that you are our omnipotent Father. Omnipresent. You're all over Father. You're everywhere. Father your son David said where can we hide even if I go to the deepest of the sea? You are there. We cannot hide from you. You know our coming and our going. You know everything about us, Father. And this morning, Father, we want to declare who you are. And thank you, Father, for abiding in us. Thank you, Jesus. Omnipotent,
2: Father.
3: Still in the place of worship. You may be seated. I would encourage you to join us in prayer. I would encourage you in this moment to do what you need to do to come before the Lord with clean hands and a pure heart. Us as we pray together, I would encourage you in the quietness of your heart to pray and lift up these things. Pray that we recognize that coming before the Lord is not just asking, not just to submit requests, but to align our will with the will of God. Would you ask the Lord? To align your will with his. Would you pray for those that God has put in your life, whom you love dearly, that do not know him? Asking that God would utilize you as a voice, as an instrument of truth, as his voice into their life, even if it's simply inviting them to an environment of life change. Ask the Lord that he would give you guidance and direction as to how to make his name famous in this person's life. you praise the lord as he has healed many in our church as he has been faithful to be with those who were ill and are now well praise him for the work that was done on brother brian brian armentano he is doing very well the surgeries went very well praise the lord for that Would you lift up Angela's mom, Patricia, and Pastor Mark's mom, Alice, and Pastor Mark's sister, Pam, asking that God's loving and healing hand would be upon them. And pray for Pastor Mark, that God would continue to heal his leg, and I praise him for the progress he's made so far. I know He's eager to get back doing life as normal, pray for him. As we recognize that all all leadership comes from the Lord, Romans 13 tells us that there is no authority except that which has been established by God. Would you pray for our leaders of this nation, leaders of our community, leaders of this church. Would you pray for the leaders of your families? Would you pray for Pastor Terry? I know he's prepared much for this message. As a as a fellow brother in in opportunities who have speaking engagements, our desires that we would be put aside and that God would be glorified. So pray for him, pray that God would speak mightily, boldly through him. Speak that God would prepare our hearts to receive from God directly. That his words would be God's words. Father, we love you. Our hearts are aimed at pleasing you with the content of our life. And, Lord, as we have set this time to give you our undivided attention, I pray, Lord, this would be something that continues even hereafter. Father, that you have our focus. You have our desires. You have our heart. God, I I thank you so much that you've prepared our souls, our minds to hear from you. I pray, God, that we would not just be hearers, but we would be doers of what you call us to. Give us opportunities, Father, to be obedient to your will. We seek nothing more than to live a life that's glorifying and honoring to you. where Every decision that is made, every step that we take is in obedience to you, that we're simply following the guidance of your Holy Spirit dwelling within us. and We praise you, Lord, for that. God, please forgive us. Forgive us of anything that would be an obstruction between us and you, that we may be here from you. We love you. We praise you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed
4: Morning, guys. Good to see each and every one of you. Can we thank God for the worship team that we have here this morning? good to see Joy back with us this morning uh, also, so it's a good thing uh, to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, The kiddos are released for uh, Children's Church if they hadn't already left. Uh, I hate to say released. It sounds like we've been holding them hostage here for the first 30 minutes, but uh, they can go to Children's Church and uh, just have a ball uh, with the teachers there. This morning, uh, God's uh, put a message on my heart that... uh, just made me stop and think uh, about his word. You know, in this day of the days of chaos that we have and people wanting to rewrite God's word or reinterpret some of the things that are thousands of years old, we struggle with uh, with the Bible, and we shouldn't, because God's words are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So uh, would you pray with me and pray for me? Dear Heavenly Father, we give we give thanks as you join us here this morning, Father. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing unto your sight. Father, remove me from the equation that will be your message. Pray all these things in your Son's precious name. Amen. God's Word is full of promises, and they come directly from God. And the Bible is the ultimate source for truth and God's faithful and fulfilling all these promises. As you read the Bible, verses about promises, and we're going to go over some today, and there are not going to be some that are going to be very familiar with you. When we talk about perseverance, there are several verses, and so uh, God has just led me to some that are kind of off the beaten path. And the reason I think he wants us to do that is to see his promises in every verse that we read, to see his sovereignty in every verse that we read. Because he is the same throughout the Bible, from the very beginning to the very amen at the end. So we want to understand the Bible and proclaim his promises for our life. You know, in in days gone by, uh, we didn't need lawyers and we didn't need contracts. Uh, A man stuck his hand out and they shook on something and that was his word. Integrity has come to be redefined. In this day and age, it seems. And uh, there's a difference between contracts and and a covenant. God's covenant with us is just a promise. He is not going to change that. And we may ask him to change that, but he's not going to change. And for us to try to change promises that he has or try to reinterpret those promises that he makes is wrong of us. When he says, I will, he means, I will. But we like to make deals. We seem to be really good about, if you do this, I'll do this. Uh, We do that with our kids. We do that in our marriage. We do that in our relationships. And it gets us in trouble most of the time. Our word should be our bond, just as God's word is his bond with us. During a wedding rehearsal, a groom approached the pastor with an unusual offer. He says, I want to give you $100. If you'll change the wedding vows, the groom said. He said, when we get to my part where you ask me if I promise to love, honor, and obey and forsake all others and be faithful to her forever, I would appreciate if you would just leave that out. And he handed the minister a $100 bill and walked off. Well, the wedding came about and it arrived that day and it reached the part where they were swapping vows And when it came to the groom's vows, the pastor looked him in the eye and said, Will you promise to bow before her each and every day? Will you obey her every wish and command? Will you serve her breakfast in bed each and every morning of your life? Will you swear eternally before God, all those present here today, including her, that you will never even look at another woman as long as you shall live? And the groom Very sheepishly and very quietly said, yes. After the wedding, the groom pulled the pastor aside and said, hey, I thought we had a deal. And the pastor put the $100 bill back in the groom's hand and whispered, she made a better offer. (laughs) We want to make things conditional. How often, not that anybody in this room other than me has made a promise and then wiggled out of it. And sometimes using the words, well, I I didn't completely understand. Well, I promised that I would do it this day, but something else came up. We have conditions when we make promises. God loves us unconditionally. His promises are his promises. You know, some people wonder if there's a heaven. And some people don't care if there's a heaven or a hell. God has a lot to say about these choices that we make. And he has not kept his promises secret from those of us that are believers. But yet, so often, we dance around some of these promises. So the goal today, as I said, is for us to see his promises throughout Scripture. That when God says, I will, he means, I will. His plans are for us to trust him and to be obedient to him. So are his promises important? They are. If you believe that they give you an opportunity for eternal life. Some ask the question, is heaven real? And I'm going to say, of course it is, because Jesus is real. He's the way, the truth, and life. And he's in heaven. It's a place where each day of our life we should be having the goal of getting there God's word is eternal and eternity's destination is forever God declares that humanity can choose an eternal flame of judgment or his everlasting peace the good news of the gospel is that God sends an invitation that says return to me come and share my eternal home Who wouldn't want to be in a place where Jesus was? He has prepared a place before us who love him and who serve him. The place is filled with his eternal truth, everlasting righteousness, and eternal rejoicing and joy. This is why Jesus calls the lost and those that are weary to his everlasting salvation with the promise of eternal forgiveness, eternal mercy, eternal grace. And most importantly, eternal love. John 14:3 says, "There where I am, there you may be also." Imagine living a life to where there's nothing to worry about. And some of you say that's impossible. Because we worry about money, we worry about bills, we worry about weather, we worry about politics, we worry about what someone else thinks about us, we worry about who got the biggest cookie, what someone else has that I don't have, we worry about home, we worry about school, we worry about kids, we worry about parents, we worry about grandparents, and the list goes on and on. But Paul writes and says we're to turn our worries into prayers. Worry less. Pray more. Let the one that promises to be with us always be who he says he is. Let go and let God. Take time to deepen your relationship with him and to listen to what he's saying to you directly. Let him lovingly correct you. Don't be afraid of his correction. Repent and change your ways and enjoy the freedom of being forgiven and born again. Thank him for all that he has done for you and has blessed you with in your life. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 6, reads this way. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think on these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. We should enjoy the peace of God, which is different from the peace that the world tries to tell us we need. John 14:27 says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So do not be troubled or afraid. You see, the Holy Spirit, his work brings deep and lasting peace into our hearts and into our minds. True peace does not come from positive thinking. True peace doesn't come from the absence of conflict or from our feelings. It comes from trusting God and his promises. It comes from knowing and experiencing his will as he works things out for his glory and for his kingdom. Let God's promises and peace guard your heart against anxieties in the way of the world. The world and the evil one want your focus on anything but Jesus. He wants your focus on your circumstances. He loves to see you have a pity party. Keep in mind all these circumstances in the scheme of eternity are temporary. What you put in your minds determines what comes out in your words, comes out in your desires, comes out in your actions, and ultimately comes out in your life. We are to focus on what is true, what is honorable, what is right what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable, what is excellent and worthy of praise. This doesn't include your daydreams or what you find on Google. Anxiety is a natural result of our hopes that are centered on anything that is short of God and short of his will for us. When we make a goal anything other than God, we become frustrated, and truly defeat is inevitable. Today, we may, have some, we may have more worry, or in some cases, we may have less worry than past generations. But one thing that we seem to do today is we have the ability to get away from our worries by blaming somebody else and then it's not my fault. We need to take responsibility for our actions, for our thoughts, for our words, for what we do. You know, years ago, you looked at someone's hand back in the 1800s, and their, those men and women, their hands were calloused because they worked hard. And they knew they needed to work. Today, we look at each other and we see frowns. We see furrowed brow, and that seems to be the badge of modern men. I'm not sure whether it's we're not getting our way, but I truly believe it's because we're not trusting God in what he has promised us. And we're trying to control so many things. God never promised to remove our problems or our troubles or our difficulties. In fact, Jesus warned that people will hate you because you follow him. You will be persecuted because you follow him. The true child of God is going in the opposite direction of what seems to be the world today. This brings friction and conflict with the world. But God has promised, in the midst of trouble and conflict, a genuine peace. A sense of assurance and a security that a worldly person does not know, nor do they understand. Isaiah 48 says, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. We are mortal, but God's word is eternal and unfailing. As we experience him more deeply, and we see this unending quality of God's word more clearly, should be a comfort to us. Billy Graham wrote, Planning and worry are two different things. When we worry, we're not trusting God for our futures. But the Bible does tell us we should be prepared. You see, only God knows the future. No matter how hard we try, our very best efforts will only be a guess. Yet we should be encouraged because God knows the future and he will be with us always. Therefore, we trust in his promises. As much as the world has changed during the last few years, nothing, underline nothing, has changed when it comes to God's promises. God's word stands today, and it remains sovereign forever. So as we go through some of these promises very quickly... I, I, I want you to to listen for the times we read, the times you read and you study the Bible, where you see God say, "I will," or when you hear the word trust. I, I love it when Jesus says, "I tell you the truth," he and God can't lie. But when you read, "I tell you the truth," I'm telling you, the next words that come out of His mouth are very, very important. God promises everlasting life, John six forty seven. And again, I know there's a lot of scriptures, but listen to how these connect. And they connect to each other, too. John 6:47 says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has eternal life. And the way this is used means anyone that continues to believe. We don't say yes to Jesus once and then live our life however we want to. Nor does this mean that we carry out sin after we say yes to Jesus And we do not repent. God promised us the opportunity to have victory over death. In 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, we read these words, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, how how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again, and on the third day according to Scriptures. Later the writer adds, But thanks be to God which gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have that opportunity. God grants us mercy. Psalms eighty six beginning in the fifth verse O oh Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing good, unfailing love for those who ask for help. Listen closely to my prayer, O oh Lord. Hear my urgent cry. I will call you whenever I'm in trouble, and you will answer me. The writer is writing and crying out with great confidence for God to revive his people. Bring them back to the spiritual life God wants for them. God pours love into us. God promised that all things work together for the good of those who serve him faithfully. God promises love. God is love. And of all places, the scripture I'm going to give you comes from Proverbs. Proverbs 8, 17. I love all who love me. Those who search will sur- surely find me. And this is love. That we walk in obedience in his will. Second John beginning in the first. Chapter in the fifth verse, I am writing to remind you, dear friends, that we should love one another. This is not a new commandment, but one that we've had from the beginning. Love means doing what God has commanded us, and he has commanded us to love one another. Just as you heard from the beginning, God has not changed what love is for him. It is unconditional. God wants to bring us joy. Romans 15:13. I pray that God, the source of all hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. These words are benediction for Paul's letter. You see, we cannot talk about or create for ourselves this kind of hope on our own. This hope means being confident of our resurrection and our new birth. With hope comes joy right now while we are still here. We have peace as we rest in the assurance that God will do what he has promised to do. God offers us peace. In Isaiah, the 26th chapter, the third, third verse we hear, Isaiah saying, "You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. We never are going to be able to avoid strife. It's going to be in the world around us. But we can fix our thoughts on God's and we can experience this perfect peace even during the most challenging times. As we focus on Him, we become steady, we become stable, In his strength, with God's promise, we are not shaken. We're not shaken by our surroundings, by our circumstances, by rumors. We live out Philippians 4-7, which we just heard. God sends an invitation that we can choose an eternal flame of his judgment, or we can live in his everlasting peace. He says, return to me. Come and share my eternal home that I have prepared for you and where I am. God promises us fellowship. Isaiah 41.10. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Now, all believers are God's chosen people. All of us share the responsibility of representing him to the world. We do not fear because God is with us. Jesus promised us that he wasn't going to abandon us, and we are blessed with the Holy Spirit. So God gives us the assurance of his strength and help, and he gives us the assurance of victory over sin and death. God promises endurance or perseverance. Hebrews twelve one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witness to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that also strips us, who trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. The faithfulness described here is a constant encouragement from God, a constant promise from God. You see, we do not struggle alone. Long-distance runners prepare a long time for that long distance with the determination and with the encouragement that they will finish that race. So we must set our priorities that God is first and foremost above all other priorities that we have. He promises companionship or friendship. Hebrews 13, 7 says, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all that is good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. As believers, we owe so much to those that have mentored us, those that have stood with us. As we have learned about the gospel and as we've learned more about God. Learn to pass on what you have been blessed with by serving others and demonstrating the love of Christ to others. You see, Jesus saw his disciples far more than just students. He saw them as friends. And that's what the Holy Spirit is to us, a friend. And that's what we're to be to others, friends. God promises kindness. Isaiah 54.10, For the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then, my faithful love for you will remain, says the Lord. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. God will not break his covenant. God will not break his promises. They will endure forever. And God wants us to have courage. Psalms 27:14. Wait patiently on the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently on the, on the Lord. Don't wait on yourself. You know, David knew what it meant to wait. You know, he was told about the age of 16 he was going to be king, but he wasn't king until he was about 30. Waiting for God is not easy. However, waiting is not trying to take charge either. By waiting, you indicate that and realize that God is in control of all things. He is that sovereign God you say with your lips that he is when you wait on him. And obey his will. Sometimes when we think about waiting, we think about it being passive, And some even say it's synonymous with doing nothing. This leads us to doing something because we are an impatient people. And usually it leads us to doing something that is outside the will of God. We become fidgety and we become distracted. But biblically waiting is not passively is not a passive activity but it demonstrates by our active dependence upon the obedience to God. The word of God is alive, and it is active. God promises us help. The 121st Psalm, beginning in the first verse, I look to the mountains, and does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. The assurance and the hope in God's eternal protection and promises is every day. God doesn't take a day off. He doesn't take a moment off. Not only is God all powerful, but he watches over us constantly. He is the shepherd over our life. Nothing diverts or deters him. And so we should welcome this untiring love that he has for us. And lastly, God promises restoration. Revelation 21, beginning in verse 3. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All, things, all these things are forever. No more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more crying What a wonderful promise we have from God. What a wonderful truth we have from God. No matter your circumstances that are going on around you right now, it's not the last word. You see, God has written the final chapter. And it's about the promise of true fulfillment and eternal joy for those who love him, those who serve him, and those who call him master and savior. One last thing. God doesn't need your help to keep his promises. Do not retreat to your flesh, especially when you're waiting on God, and think, you know what? I got this. You got it started, I got this. We need to keep trusting his guidance and trusting him. These and other promises we see in the covenants that he writes, the promises that he gave, the promise he gave to Abraham, to Noah, the promises we heard from Jesus You see, I remind you, it's impossible for him to lie. And as I said, I love it when Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Man, those words that come after that are so important. God never made a promise that was too good to be true. He never made a promise that he couldn't keep. let, Let us let God's promises live our life. You know, when a small child is learning how to swim. You've you got a, probably a life jacket on them and floaties because you don't want them to sink. But you're standing there in the water and they're on the edge of the, of the pool and you're telling them, jump, I'll catch you. Do they trust you? They may be hesitant, but if you keep telling them, I'll, trust me, I'll catch you. God's telling you that. And when they jump in, Usually the first time you catch them before their feet even hit the water. Because you want them to know that you're there. And then the next time, their feet hit the water. And the third time, a little more hits the water. And suddenly, they're jumping in. Because they trust you. They believe what you have told them. In Hebrews 4, beginning in verse 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. The high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he has faced the same testing we do, yet he did not sin. So let us bold, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us in all we need. Jesus intercedes for us. We can have no secrets from him. He is present with us. He discerns the good and the evil within us, but God promises his powerful word can change us. So come to grips with the dependence upon God. We are not our own, for we have been bought by a price, a price that was promised to us by the prophets. God didn't deviate from that. Trust God and refrain from needless fear and worry. Seek the Lord through constant prayer. God's word is truth, and yet today... The, wor- the world seeks to compromise it. Lorena? The promises of God, in the promises of God, we find yes and amen. Trust his truth, not your feelings. Is the word of God active and alive in your life? It can be so much to you. Then his promises... Will be part of your life if you allow him to do that. So study his word and find his promises that maybe you have not seen before. You've heard the pastor stand up here and preach on a particular verse that they said was not in my Bible the last time I read it. Or it didn't say that the last time I read it. God prepares you for your next step. With what you need. And he will be with you. That next step. 145th Psalm, the 13th verse. For your kingdom is everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. Amen. Father God, we give thanks this morning for for speaking to us. We give thanks for your love and your grace and your promises. Father, may we hear, as we read and hear the word and we study the word, may we grow to know your character more. May we see better in each word that we read that you are making a promise to us. Each time we pray, open our hearts for you to speak to us with what it is that you would have us do. And then with the confidence of your promises, may we follow you. If there's anyone here today that desires to have a deeper relationship with you, let today be the day for that new beginning. Father, we love you. We give thanks to you for the sacrifice of your son, that we may have eternal life. In your son's name we pray. Amen.
1: Thank you, Father.